0: Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high yield, low effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now and the wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners, subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Yo, Beth. Yo Beth. Yo Beth. That shit crazy.
2: On a Monday, it's all leaving it with your boy Barry Grant catch me on twitter and instagram at all even podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share and subscribe to that. It's a packed show today. Lots to get into, lots of NBA. We're going to go over the playoff games that were over the weekend. There's big NFL news. We got the Jets having a snap fool with their trade. We got the Vikings making a big trade on their front line. We got Leonard Fournette being cut by the Jags. Kamara with a possible holdout situation. And the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. What another weekend it was for NBA Playoff Basketball. We had another doozy, y'all. The games were great. But of course, you know, we got to go over a few different games here. So I'm going to pick out five games that I want to talk about. You got the Clippers and Mavs in game six. You got the Lakers and Blazers in game five. You got the Celtics and Raptors in the second round game one. Rockets and Thunder game five and Jazz and Nuggets game six. These games were all great. They're all great in their different way. So let's go ahead and just jump right into the first game I want to talk about, which was the Boston Celtics versus the Toronto Raptors in the second round of the playoffs Game 1. Celtics win the game 112-94. This game wasn't close. The Celtics jumped on them early. They had 39 points in the first quarter. They were up 16, and then they never relinquished the lead. They had everything going, man. All five starters scored in double figures. Jason Tatum led the way with 21 points. Marcus Smart had 21 points. The bench did well. This was a clubbing. This was a beating from start to finish. And man, was it impressive. I didn't think that Toronto was going to be able to get beat this bad. But I also didn't think that Toronto was going to win the game either. I already made my prediction for this series. I said Celtics is going to win this series, maybe six or seven. I'm going to go seven if I'm going to put a bold prediction on it. Everybody struggled for the Raptors. Everybody struggled. Pascal Siakam had 13 points. Kyle Lowry had 17 on 5 of 12 shooting. It was just a struggle because the Celtics had a game plan. They came out defensively and punched Toronto in the mouth and they never recovered. I can almost guarantee in game two Toronto is going to come out ready to play. I can't see another blowout in game two. If there's another blowout in game two on the Boston Celtics side, man, I will be shocked. And this series is going to be turned on its head. And Toronto is going to have big, big problems recovering from a 2-0 hole with this Boston Celtics team. Drake better cool out. He better not say nothing because he don't want to get Boston riled up. He better just shut up, put on one of Jason Tatum's jerseys, and pray that he doesn't bust your ass. Moving on to the next game, we have Game 5 between the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Houston puts the beatings on OKC, 114-80. to This was not even close. This was nowhere close. Nobody on OKC can get going. Dort for the OKC Thunder was awful. He just kept shooting, 3 for 16. He played 23 minutes and jacked up 16 shots. Terrible, terrible. They said that they have confidence in the young man. Look, after what he did, he can't play any worse. Shay Jildress Alexander, he had a terrible defensive game. He couldn't stop no one. No one. They were having a field day on those young boys. Russell Westbrook returned for the Rockets. He played 24 minutes, didn't play well. Obviously, he has to get his legs back. 3 of 13 shooting, 7 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. James Harden had 31 points. 11 to 15 from the floor in 28 minutes. Eric Gordon had 20. They got good production from their bench, their role players. It was a drubbing. It was a beating, like I said. I am totally shocked that they came out like this in a swing game and just did not look prepared. They played two great games in Game 3 and Game 4. I was expecting the same type of philosophy, same type of intensity, and boy was I wrong. They got beat up, beat down, and kicked out the door. And now what is Billy Donovan going to do? At this point, he just needs to throw away that game tape and just let them cool out, let them reset, let them get a couple days and just forget about basketball, though it's very hard because you're in the bubble. But they are going to need their young guys. They're going to need SGA. They're going to need Dort. They're going to need these guys to step up, play hard, play aggressive, play with no fear, and don't get too crazy. This is a do-or-die game. It's either win or go home. So they already know what the stakes are. They don't have to be reminded. They don't have to be told by their coach. They are speaking to each other as teammates. Everybody's going to be on the same page. You know Chris Paul is getting them ready because Chris Paul does not want to lose to this team in six. There's no way Chris Paul will sleep at night knowing that he had to go home to this team in six games. He wants to at least go to seven with this young OKC team They say, listen, man, we pushed this Rockets team to the brink. You should be proud of yourselves. And there's a lot to build on for next season, even if I may not be here. Next game we're going to talk about are the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks game 6. The Clippers close out the Mavericks 111 to 97. Kwai Leonard had a beautiful game, 33 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. Waldo George was nowhere to be found again as he scored 15 points on 6 of 19 shooting. Panic P strikes again. They definitely got balanced scoring from everybody. Everybody chipped in. Lou Williams had a had a bad game, but everybody else kind of picked up the slack. And for the Dallas Mavericks, it was all Luka. Luka had 38 points on 15 of 28 shooting, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. But nobody else really did much else. Finney Smith had 16. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 10 points on 4 of 15 shooting. There was nothing the Dallas Mavericks can do in this game. It It was just one of those situations where they didn't have anything left. Porzingis being out really put a damper on this series. He would have made a great impact. He was the mismatch. They had no answer for him when he was playing. And that's basically the story of this series. If Porzingis would have been here, this series possibly would have ended a different way. But we'll never know now. So what they have to do is build on for next season. They have some good young pieces. They need to bring in some veterans in the offseason. They have to bring in some guys with some playoff experience that can bring some edge, some grittiness, some knowledge to this team. And they're going to be all right. The Dallas Mavericks are one of the efficient, good basketball teams in the NBA. They're young. They have a star, a budding superstar. And sky's the limit for them. They have a great coach. Rick Carlisle is very underrated, but he's still a great coach. They have a great owner. They have a great situation, great nuclear. So they're all right. On the Clippers side, I'm a little worried about the Clippers because Waldo George is not playing well. And Kawhi Leonard had to be Superman in this series for them to have a shot. He averaged 33 points and 10 rebounds for the entire series. They cannot keep playing like this. He needs help. He needs Paul George to step up. But we all know what's going to happen. Panic P is Panic P. So maybe the second option needs to be Magic City Lou, Lemon Pepper Lou. He needs to be the guy to say, all right, I'm going to help you out, quiet because we can't rely on Panic P. We can't rely on Waldo. So we'll see what happens in the second round. But, man, it's, it's going to be interesting. No matter who they play, the matchups really favor the Clippers, no matter who, no matter who. Up next, we have the Lakers and Blazers. Game 5, Lakers close out the Blazers, 131-122. to They pull off the upset. LeBron James puts up a triple-double, 36 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Anthony Davis, 43 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. For the Blazers, C.J. McCollum had 36 points. Carmelo Anthony turned the clocks back, 27 points, 7 rebounds. It was a great game by Melo. Love to see that from him. Anthony Simons came off the bench with 13 points. The Lakers came out lazy. They weren't playing any defense. They just were going through the motions. You know, it was a hard-fought game. Then they turned it up in the fourth quarter and sealed the deal. And what a shocking upset this was, that the number one seed beat the number eight seed in the NBA playoffs. This was a shocker. Nobody saw it coming. Listen, all the pundits said that the Blazers were the best number eight seed they have ever seen. They are not a number eight seed. They are a three seed. And what did I say? I said that, all right, the Lakers might be struggling in this bubble. But once they get to the playoffs and they see who's lining up against them defensively, oh, it's going to be a field day. But not everybody picked the Blazers, right? Everybody that I know, they were saying that the Blazers are going to win. You heard pundits, Charles Barkley, Paul Pierce. I don't know why anybody listens to him anymore. So many others. So many others. So I am shocked. I am shocked that this happened. They pulled off the upset kudos to the Lakers. They have a tough road against them in the second round no matter what team they're playing. Oklahoma City is a tough team, but Houston, Houston is a different animal. They have a different type of team. They shoot a lot of threes, but they have no bigs. The Lakers are going to kill them on the boards. Anthony Davis may average 50. LeBron James may average 50. So it's still going to be a tough series, but I just don't see how the Rockets are going to be able to sustain that type of shooting and have to play that tight of defense, that hard of defense on two big megastars like this. I, I I, can't see it happening. But listen, anything is possible if the Houston fans just, if they just wish for it. <laughs> oh, man. But the nightcap, the best game of the night, the best series so far in the playoffs, The Utah Jazz against the Denver Nuggets. Denver wins game six, to 119-107. After the first quarter, it wasn't close. Jamal Murray scores 50 points, 17 of 24 shooting. He was just lights out, man, lights out. Jokic also had a good game with 22 points. Everybody kind of chipped in. Gary Harris came back. This is his first game in the bubble. He's been out for a while. But for the Jazz donovan mitchell had 44 points on 14 to 25 shooting conley stepped up as well he had 21 points rudy gobert struggled he had 11 points and 11 rebounds you need to get him gone get him out you are not gonna go far if he's the number two option on your team but the story isn't rudy gobert the story is these two young budding stars donovan mitchell and And Jamal Murray, these two guys are putting on a show. The last time I seen a show like this was Allen Iverson versus Vince Carter back in the Eastern Conference Finals. This was back in 2001, I believe. Man, they put on a show. It was 40 points here, 40 points there. You really didn't want the series to end, and this is how I feel right now. Game 7 is coming up. I don't want this series to end. It's been very entertaining. I had no idea that the Jazz would actually be up 3-1 at one point and then the Nuggets have stormed back to tie the series, it's going to be a great Game 7. Jamal Murray, he's always had the talent. Nobody has ever said that this kid cannot play basketball. It's just the fact that he's not consistent. If he keeps this up, nobody's going to say that anymore. But he has to deliver in Game 7. He can do all he did for the first six games of this series. Nobody's going to care if he shows up in Game 7 and doesn't come to play. If he doesn't have a great performance, we're not asking for 50. We're not asking for 75. We're just asking for him to be aggressive, make timely shots, play good defense, and lead this team to the second round. Because nobody ever thought, me personally, I didn't think the Jazz would have a shot. I thought that they were going to be done in five, and Denver just did not perform in the first few games of the series. They got blown out back-to-back games in two and three. So let's see what the storyline has to tell us. Let's see what Mike Malone pulls out of the hat, because you know he's going to be begging and praying. Jamal Murray, please, please, you have to save my job. If you don't play well and we lose, I am out the dough. So you already know he's in Jamal Murray's ear. He's, he's calling him every five minutes make sure that his star player is ready to go he feels good if he needs some food order to his room he got everything Mike Malone is at his beck and call because Mike Malone understands that this is it you lose you go home Burger King is hiring and for the Utah Jazz honestly it's it's the same thing it's the same story Donovan Mitchell does not have enough Mike Conley's a great player he's a good piece But he is not enough. Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, this scrap heap of talent that Quinn Snyder has to deal with. He's a good coach. He really is. Because for him to get this team to perform like this when they really don't have that much talent, kudos to him. But they need to surround Spider with more talent. If they get him a bona fide star, a bona fide real scorer, a good defensive wing 3 and D guy, you're going to see this team take off because now he can be able to just focus on what he has to focus on, getting buckets, busting people's ass. Instead, he got to worry about where Rudy Gobert is and if he's going to make a free throw or do some other bonehead Rudy Gobert shit. Like, it's just, it's enough already. He needs some more help. He needs a real team to put around him to be able to get to the next level, and hopefully they they, they go ahead and do that this offseason. Hopefully, they make some real drastic changes. Joe Ingles, get him out of there. Pack of cigarettes and a gym bag. Gobert selling for pennies on the dollar. Just get rid of these guys and give him some real talent. Please. I'm tired of seeing Spider have to struggle like this. Did you see how mad he was at the end of game six? He was kicking things. He was, he was pissed. And I'm sure he's not pissed with himself because he had a great game. He's pissed with, I don't have any help. I damn near score 50 points every friggin' game, and this is what happens. This is what happens. You know how frustrating that is? I couldn't tell you the last time I scored 50 points in the game. It might have been like 12 years ago. But if I did and we lost, I'm swinging. <laughs> I don't care. I'm swinging on my teammates. That's the type of teammate I am. Because you're not going to let me go ahead and exert this much energy, and you're going to give me five points. You're going to give me 11 points. No, 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 no. You got to do better than that. Coming up after the break, the most improved player has been announced in the NBA. We're going to talk about a lot of NFL stuff on a Monday. It's all leaving
0: so stressed because I hate
2: my job. Let me guess, you're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. So the NBA has picked their most improved player, and it is Brandon Ingram. Kudos to Brandon Ingram. I knew when this kid was drafted by the Lakers number two a few years ago that he was going to be the guy. He has excelled. He has looked great with the Pelicans. And I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie to you. As a Laker fan, I am a little jealous because he was like that shy girl in high school that had the glasses on that didn't have a lot of friends. But you you saw potential in her. You saw potential that she had a nice body or whatever it was. And you just kept hanging on like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the one to, to to, break this this out. I'm going to be the one to, to show her to the world. And for whatever reason, you probably broke up with her because there was some other hot girl that you, you saw and you decided to do that because you're a young idiot. And then you see her years later and she's the baddest thing you've ever seen. She looks completely different. Swag is different. She's filled out in all the right places, and you're like, yo, I knew it. If I just would have held on a little little tighter, I would have had that. That's what the Lakers are right now. Every time I look at Kyle Kuzma, I want to break my TV. Every time Kyle Kuzma turns the ball over, I want to break my TV. Every time Kyle Kuzma hits the side of the backboard, I want to break my TV because Brandon Ingram was special. He was special. He is special. But he would have been special for the Lakers. It's very different being special in New Orleans when nobody cares. But being special in L.A., Los Angeles, the city of legends, the town of legends, the team of legends. Ah, just it's just very depressing. But kudos to him. He had a great season. He's going to continue to propel himself to be a top 10 player in this league. I give him two years where you're saying that Brandon Ingram is one of the best players. So, I'm a little sad, but I'm happy for him. Turning our attention to the NFL, there is big news in the NFL. Andy Reid just signs a six-year extension with the Kansas City Chiefs. That is huge for the Chiefs. They are locking in all of their cornerstone pieces. It's It's just a fairy tale over there in Kansas City. Everybody's happy. Everybody's taking pay cuts. Everybody's coming back. I don't see that this team is going to is gonna fall off the precipice anytime soon. They have a great nucleus. They got a great core. You know, I just wanted to mention that real quick. Andy Reid is he's a special guy, man. He deserves everything that's coming to him. He's had a great career as a coach. He's a motivator. He's got a lot of coordinators' jobs. He's always been at the forefront of trying to develop guys and make them better. So kudos to Andy Reid. Kudos to the Chiefs. And they just keep rolling. The train just keeps rolling. Turning our attention to the dumpster fire that's in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars trade their disgruntled defensive end Yannick Njokwe to the Vikings for a second round pick. A fifth round pick that can turn into a third if the Vikings win the Super Bowl and if Njakwe makes the Pro Bowl. This is huge for the Vikings. And guess what? Here's the crazy part about this deal. He signed the franchise tag with the Jaguars for $17.5 million. He agreed to a cheaper deal. He's only going to be making like $12 million for the Vikings. That's how bad he wanted to get out of Jacksonville. I don't care if y'all giving me $5 million. I want out of this shithole. I am going to Minnesota, and I'm going to take less, and I'm going to be happy. And they didn't even remove the franchise tag for next year. So the Vikings can be able to use this guy on a nice deal and franchise tag him next year. Man, this is crazy. This is so crazy that the Jaguars are just getting rid of guys. Obviously, they're cleaning house. They're they're wholesaling. They're doing what they have to do to rebuild, quote-unquote, on the Vikings. And they get a disruptor. They get somebody that can get into that backfield, can cause some issues, wrap up the quarterback, the ball boy, the running back, anybody back there, he's just going to hit. He's just going to terrorize. And that's what the Vikings want. They think that they have a chance to win a Super Bowl. They are putting pieces together to make sure that they stay competitive. So I I, I like the move by them. I like the, the risk that they're taking. It's not even really a risk if you think about it. They're paying him less than what the Jaguars were paying him, and they can franchise tag him next year. It's a win-win-win for the Vikings. And in other Jaguar news, they cut Leonard Fournette today. The former overall number three pick in the 2017 draft is out of here. They got him out. They've been trying to trade him this entire offseason. And two weeks before we have games, this is when they cut him. It's just, it's a dumpster fire over there. I don't understand what they're doing. It just looks bad on their part for them to wait this long to cut this guy. I mean, I know he's had some issues over there. Tom Coughlin's regime rules with an iron fist. They don't like bad character guys, and they want to get him out of there. I get all that, but come on. This guy's been here three years. Give him a shot to find a new team and continue his career. I think personally that he ends up on the Bears or the Bucks. I can see that happening, but don't sleep on the Patriots either. The Patriots always want to have at least five backs to use. Bill Belichick is a mad scientist, and he can use anybody. He can use them like Swiss Army Knives. So, but my leading candidate for them to sign is, Leonard Fournette is the Bears I think they need him David Montgomery is hurt he's gonna be out for like four weeks you got little Tariq Cohen over there he can't be at every down back so they need a bruiser they need a guy that can be able to take a little bit of pressure off the passing game the passing game is in question this year and if you have a guy like Leonard Fournette it will make your play action pass that much better so I think that they should target him we'll see what happens but Jacksonville, they're just all over the place and and we can see what they're doing. They're tanking. They're definitely tanking. Turning our attention to the New York Jets. Four days ago, they pulled off a trade to acquire Kalen Balaj from the Dolphins for a late round pick. In my opinion, it was definitely a good move. It gave them some depth at running back that they don't have. And he's a young guy. He can be able to possibly find a home here in New York. Plus, he's an Adam Gase guy. Adam Gase drafted him. Everything seemed good. Until... He failed his physical. He has a hamstring issue, and the trade is off. So do you think that they're going to be able to go ahead and, you know, re-engage the trade talks after he heals? I don't know, man, but it just, it's just unfortunate for the Jets, and it's just another thing that they always have to deal with. Bad luck, unfortunate circumstances that a young guy like this, they make a trade, it's a late pick. They don't give up much, and the trade doesn't go through because the guy's not healthy. It's like, uh, I feel bad for him, but it's the Jets. What do you expect? It's the Jets. What else would you expect from this team? This is like the Mets of football. No, the Mets are worse. But they, they always have this aura about them, this black cloud, and Adam Gase doesn't make things better. Things are getting a little better now. They have a decent regime in place. Douglas is a good GM. He pulled off another move with this Dolphins team, and it just didn't work out. So let's see what happens. But from a distance, it's it's funny to watch. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. My friends who are Jets fans, they're going to hear this, and they're going to kill me tomorrow. They're going to kill me. But hey, I don't care. I don't care. But the biggest news in football today, in my opinion, is Alvin Kamara of the Saints. Running back Alvin Kamara has been missing from practice for three days. Unexcused absences from practice for three days. And they're starting to think that it's contract related. Oh boy. If this is contract related, the Saints need to buckle up and get ready. Because it's not going to be pretty. If they're going to play hardball with this guy... It's not going to go well because he's been very productive. He's seen Christian McCaffrey get the bag and he's not going to play for no scraps. He's not making that much money. He's a former second round pick. He wants to get paid. He wants his money. I don't blame him. I don't blame him for saying, I'm just not going to go to work today because they think I'm joking. They think I'm playing. So maybe if I don't show up, they'll know exactly how serious I am instead of me showing up. Them smiling in my face. Hey, Alvin, how you doing? You're going to run these plays today? Yeah, cool. I don't want to be no company guy right now. I want my money. I want my bag. I want the same bag that Christian McCaffrey got. If I don't get the same bag that he got, I want something at least in the ballpark, at least 85% of what he got. And he deserves it. He's been the Michelin man, the Renaissance man, the Swiss Army knife that the Saints have used to perfection. He has been very, very productive and They have taken off since he's been here. Now, they haven't won a Super Bowl. They haven't gotten to a Super Bowl because we all know why, the (coughs) bullshit refs. Uh, But, you know, there's a lot of things that they've done well as an organization with Alvin Kamara here. So they need to continue. The only thing that I can see that they may be hesitant on is his durability. Can he be a every down back? Can he run between the tackles and take a pounding and keep going? Because We have not seen that over the last couple seasons. He's a great player, but he's a great player that needs another back to take the beatings. He needs somebody else that's there, that can run between the tackles, that can be that ground and pound type of running back, and he can come in and catch 15 passes, rush the ball about 15 to 17 times, and put up a whole bunch of gaudy stats. That's Alvin Kamara's game. Now, Christian McCaffrey was in that same boat. When he came in, he was a smaller guy. They didn't think that he can be able to run between the tackles. He put on a lot of weight in the offseason, and he turned into the most dynamic back in football. This guy is phenomenal. I believe that Alvin Kamara can be able to do the same thing. I see this guy's offseason workouts. He is dynamic. He can do things that I've never seen anybody do. But he needs to eat some hamburgers. He got to get some steaks in him, man, because he got to put on some weight. He got to put on some bulk. And until he does that, I think the Saints are going to be a little hesitant. So he needs to do the work. He got to put the work in. But I can tell you this. Fantasy football owners that drafted Kamara in the top five, yo, they all panicking right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I'm glad I'm not playing fantasy football this year because I I couldn't deal with the stress. I love Alvin Kamara, and I would have drafted him high, too. And if he would have ended up not showing to camp and possibly holding out for the season, I would have broke my TV. I would have broke my TV. I would have broke my phone. It didn't matter what was in my way. I'm breaking something because it, 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 there's money on the line. There's big money on the line, and I need to win. I hate losing. So whoever drafted Kamara, trust me, guys, I, I feel bad. But find a bridge and get over it. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, dummy of the week, on a Monday. It's all leaving. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. (laughs) Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in the dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip The Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called The All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, all even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. And our first candidate for the week is, may I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Marcus Morris of the Los Angeles Clippers. Marcus Morris is my first candidate for because he thinks that he's a tough guy. Listen Marcus, here's the deal. This is the NBA in 2020. We understand that if you act like a tough guy now, it doesn't really matter because nobody can punch you in the mouth like this was 1994. This is why you act that way I believe. I know for a fact if you played 20 years ago you wouldn't be acting like this. You step on Luka's ankle the first time and then when people call you out you your bullshit, you say, no, no, nah, no, nah. I'm, a, I'm a veteran player. I am not a dirty player. We have your file, bro. We've seen your history. You're the same guy that threw a basketball off somebody's head mid-game. You're the guy that tackles people when they're not looking. There used to be players that came to the park that you knew. Yo, I got to make sure that I go home early because when this guy comes, I don't want to fight today. I don't want to fight today because all he does is hack. All he does is butch. All he does is chop. That is Marcus Morris. He has one job, and Doc Rivers sends him in there and so just foul this guy as hard as you can. Do whatever you have to do, but please, don't shoot it. Just foul him. <laughs> Yo, Marcus Morris, you are such a burger. And the funny thing about it is, too, I I, I know you don't know how to fight. I can see it. <laughs> you can always tell the dudes that don't know how to fight because all they do is shove. All they do is shove and, like, do animated stuff. He ain't ready to fight nobody, man. This is the NBA. Nobody fights. So stop trying to be a tough guy because we all know if Luka caught you in the street, <laughs> Luka would have bust that ass. And then you would have had to take to Twitter to say, "Yo, nah, 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 he didn't beat me. He, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Not only did he bust your ass on the court, but he bust your ass in the locker room and he bust your ass on the street. You can't fight, man. <laughs> stop it. A tough guy in the NBA is like finding a floppy disk. They don't exist no more. So stop trying to be something that you're not. Marcus Morris looks like that guy that when you bust his ass in 2K, he breaks his controller and then he looks like he wants to fight after." <laughs> Sit your dumb ass down, man. And just play basketball. So Marcus Morris, you'll never win the award for most liked, but you'll possibly be the winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. Before we wrap up, I just wanna take this time to talk about Chadrick Bozeman and John Thompson II. Chadrick Bozeman, I My heart my heart sank when I heard the news. And more importantly, to find out that he was stage three cancer for the last four years and gave us all of these great movies, all of these great things that he, that he accomplished, you know, all of the people that he touched, all of the messages that he left. Such a great guy, such a, such a trailblazer. It's like he knew that he had to do all of these things in a short period of time because he probably knew how much time he had left. And you know, my, my, my thoughts and prayers go out to his family, like I said, Trailblazer, he gave us the first black superhero. He'll always be the Black Panther to us. Doesn't matter if they get somebody else to play him. There'll never be another Chadwick Bozeman. Never, never. Uh, for John Thompson, another basketball legend dies. He died at the age of 78. Head coach of the Georgetown Hoyas. He was the first African-American coach to win a national championship. He coached so many great players, Patrick Ewan, Alonzo Mourning, Allen Iverson. He saved so many young black men's lives. He taught them so many great lessons because John Thompson wasn't a guy to hold his tongue. He talked about racial injustice. He talked about racism within college basketball. He did not put up with nonsense. And he made sure that if he didn't like something, he challenged it. He had a contentious relationship with the media, but they respected that man. And the reason why they respected him is because he kept it 100 all the time. He was always honest. He was never going to call you out unless you deserved it. And they respected that man for that. 2020 has been a rough year for our heroes, man. For my heroes personally. It hurts, but we have to push on. We have to honor their names. We have to remember them in a way that puts a smile on our faces. You know what I mean? Like seeing John Thompson with that, that towel over his shoulder just going crazy on the sidelines, giving the refs the business, and then watching Black Panther, watching 42, watching Get On Up, watching Avengers, watching all of these movies that just made us feel good about Chadwick Boseman. So I'm going to honor them the way I know how, the way I can, so I'll give them the last word. I'll see y'all Friday. Until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. Coach Thompson,
1: Uh Coach Coach Thompson was saving my life Uh (laughs) for giving me uh, the opportunity. Um, I was recruited by every school in the country for football and basketball. And uh, the incident happened in high school, and all that was taken away. No other teams, no other schools were recruiting me anymore. My mom went to Georgetown and begged him "You give me a chance. And he did. Yeah. And that's uh, and that's crazy to think that you're the best football player in the world, which I did, and to be, and to be sitting up here as a Hall of Famer in basketball. You tell me God ain't good. You know,
3: when I think of going to work every day and the passion and the intelligence um, the resolve, the discipline that everybody showed. I also think of two questions that we all have received during the course of multiple publicity runs. And one is, did we know that this movie was going to receive this kind of response? Meaning, was it gonna make billions of dollars? Was 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 it gonna make a billion dollars? Was it, um, going to still be around during this award season? And the second question is, has it changed the industry? Has it actually changed the way this industry works, Um, how it sees us? And and my answer to that is to be young, gifted, and black. Um, We all know what it's like to be told that there is not a place for you to be featured yet you are young, gifted, and black. We know what it's like to be told to say there's not a a screen for you to be featured on, a stage for you to be featured on. We know what it's like to be the tail and not the head. We know what it's like to be beneath and not above. And that is what we went to work with every day because we knew not that we would be around during award season or that it would make a billion dollars, but we knew that we had something special that we wanted to give the world, that we could be full human beings in the roles that we were playing, that we we could create a world that exemplified a world that we wanted to see. We knew that we had something that we wanted to give. And one thing I do know, did it change the industry? I know that you can't have a Black Panther
2: now without a two on it. So we love you and we celebrate it. <laughs> you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcasts. Listen to the show on SoundCloud and check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcasts. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button.
1: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.